Father, we thank you. We bless you that we are alive to experience this day again. When we remember what you have done, when we remember that you came, and because you came, we have a hope. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege to come into fellowship with you today. Lord, we pray that you will come and be in the midst of us and speak to us again according to the epistle that in those days you spoke through the prophets. But today you are speaking to your people. We plead with you to speak to us in the language that it can affect us and transform us and make us the people that you want us to be. That your name may be glorified. Thank you for answering our prayers. In Jesus name. Amen. Once more, I will also thank the leadership of the church for giving me this privilege and the opportunity to be the first partaker of the fruit of this topic today. The Nativity of Christ. Today we are celebrating Christmas and we want to look about the story of the birth of Christ. To consider it again. And therefore, we are all privileged to be here, to hear again about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. All over the world, people are celebrating Christmas today. Both believers and unbelievers. And that's because it's important. Christ is important. In fact, those who don't even, who do not believe, seem to be celebrated even much more. And so what of us who believe? And those of us who are here, even though you come to church but you do not really believe, let the word of God cause the revelation of the essence of the birth of Christ to, to come upon you today and all of us so that by the grace of God our lives will be transformed as we once more consider the essence of the birth of Christ, the nativity of Christ. Praise the Lord. So when we start from the origin of man, we will now appreciate why it was necessary for Christ to come. For God to bring him to be born and come and live a life like ordinary man. The original plan of God was that man will be like him. That we will be like him. But what happened? The devil was not happy with the special relationship man was enjoying with God. And so, he decided to trick man. And when we see in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1, when we consider from verse 1, we will see how the devil entered the serpent, the snake, if you like. 
and cunningly went to Eve. And how he cunningly cornered her. Suddenly tempted her and she fell for it. So man ate the forbidden fruit. And that was the beginning of disobedience. For man. So man became disobedient to God. Verse 8. Man sinned against God. Let's see verse 8. He said, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I'm reading New King James Version. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees in the garden. So for the first time, man was taken away. In fact, man took himself away from the presence of God because he considered himself no longer worthy. Nobody told him to hide. Before God will come, we mean to understand. If you read, he said, as he came in the, the way he used to come and have fellowship with his children and they will enjoy his presence. This time when they heard the sound of God, they ran away and hid themselves. And that was how man lost the presence of God. How man became separated from God. If we read down to verse 24, God drove Adam and Eve out of the garden of Eden so that they would no longer have access to the tree of life. And that means by so doing, man lost immortality. And man began to die. Spiritually, they started dying. And it became actualized. Man began to die. Even in the physical. Yes, man started to die because the wages of sin is death. As we see in Romans 6 verse 23. And over the ages, man has continued to sin. And therefore lost the glory of God. Which God put a man from the origin of time. And that's why Apostle Paul in Romans said that all men have sinned and therefore they fell short of the glory of God. And because of this, God was no longer happy. He was not happy that his children, whom he has made in his image and likeness, who no longer have that kind of fellowship with him, will be separated to him, and will be lost eternally. And so, God in his mercy, in his compassion, began to make plan for the salvation of man. God started to plan how he would save us. And he looked around, and no man was worthy to pay for all others. Men used animals of all sorts. 
shedding blood of one animal, but that did not grant eternal salvation. It did not save all men. How many animals will man kill in one year? As man continued to sin. And God thought that he needed to do something that would be once and for all salvation for man. And since he could not find anybody worthy on the planet earth, God decided to send his only begotten son. But before then, as he was making the plans, he sent prophets to speak. And so before his birth, prophets were talking about how he would be born and the life he was going to live and even how he would die. But for the purpose of this, Today, that we are talking about the birth of Christ. In Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Prophet Isaiah was moved. To declare. That behold a virgin shall conceive. And bear a son. And shall call his name Emmanuel. Praise the Lord. And in Isaiah chapter 9. 6 and 7. He said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And Christ, indeed, is all of this. And he mentioned that of the increase of his government and peace, that there shall be no end. Praise the Lord. So in the government of Christ, and the peace that accompanies it, there will be no end. And that is what we pray for. That we, each and every one of us, will come under the government of Christ. Praise the Lord. And so, when it was time for God to actualize his plan, God sent his angelic messenger to Mary. And told her that she was going to be the mother of the Savior. Mother of Jesus. Who will save his people? And that he actually told that that conception was going to be by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the seed of man cannot deliver man. And so it has to be the seed of God. Praise the Lord. We can see the account in Luke 1, 6, 26 down to 34. It's a story we all know. And so why was Christ born? God actually overshadowed Mary and she conceived. And when it was time, Christ was born. So today we are going to be looking at why Christ was born.
Our gradual reading for our gradual in John 3, 16 to 17. We read down to 21. But in 16 to 17, he said, For for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So he didn't come to tell us just that we were sinners. He knew we were sinners. And he knew that we were helpless. But he came to give us salvation. To pave the way, to make a way through which we can walk out of this world of sin. That even when we are in this world, we will walk the path that will lead to eternal life. Praise the Lord. So God gave us his son to be sacrificed in order to redeem man. So that man will no longer perish eternally. But that we will have a hope to be with him in eternity. John 1.29 Christ is actually the one that saved us. Christ was walking in the midst of the crowd at the time John the Baptist was baptizing. And the Spirit of God revealed it to him. And he was pointing to his disciples and said, Behold the Lamb of God who will take away the sin of the whole world. So, Christ became the Lamb and the priest. The Savior He was the one sacrificed. And because of that, man can obtain salvation. Jesus willingly gave himself. God gave him his only son. But Christ also willingly gave himself. Praise the Lord. So the same purpose. The purpose of salvation of man. That was why Christ was born. Can we consider 1 Peter 2 verse 24? He came so that we will no longer bear the penalty. He took the penalty upon himself. And by that he achieved something no one else could achieve. If you are in 1 Peter 2 verse 24, can we consider it? So Christ bare our sin in his body. So that through what he has done, we who are the sinners can obtain remission. Praise the Lord. God loves us and Jesus loves us. One purpose between God the Father and God the Son. They love us and they want us to be saved. Jesus wants us to be saved. Romans 5, verse 8. Is anybody there? Romans 5, verse 8. 
Romans 5 verse 8, and he says, But God condemns his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God commended his love. God demonstrated his love. So while we were still in our sin, he did not wait for us to wake up one day and decide to repent. He knew that was not going to happen. That is it. Even in our lives today, even after God has already done this, some of us are still enjoying where we are. We have not obtained that remission of sin. And we seem to be comfortable. What will it be like? After all this that God has done. That is why when he's going to come again, it's not going to come like the gentle Jesus. Because everything has been done. The best has been given. In fact, the one and the only best that God has, he gave. Jesus gave himself. What is remaining to be done? Why will man continue to stay comfortable where he knows he's going to perish? Don't say you can't help yourself. Some say, but I can't help myself. Today I say to you, you can be helped. Jesus has already paid the price. So let us no longer live like them whose price has not been paid for. Both believers and unbelievers. Some of us are believers. Yes. But we are living our lives like unbelievers. So do you think that what Jesus has done, that you are having the full benefit of it? Praise the Lord. God demonstrated his love towards us. When we have not yet repented, when we are still living deep in sin, he sent his son to die for us sinners. First John 4 verse 9. First John 4 verse 9. It is what manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. So, through Christ alone, we can live. There is no other salvation, no other name given among men, whereby we can be saved. That's why Jesus is being celebrated everywhere. Both those that believe in him and those that do not believe in him. But woe upon anyone. You are celebrating Jesus without the Christ. You are celebrating Christmas without the Christ. Somebody sent me the first message I read this morning. He said, celebration of Christmas without Christ is meaningless. And he wished me a Christmas that is filled with Christ. And so I'm wishing you that your Christmas will be filled with Christ. Praise the Lord. So, Christmas without the Christ in the Christmas is meaningless. So once more, God is drawing our attention that he has given all that he has. That the reason why Christ came is so that we, his children, whom he loved, who he wants to be like him, who lost our position with him, that our position might be restored. 
That is why Christ came. So that once more, God will be our father and we will be his children. And that free flow of fellowship and communion will be restored. And so it is. Anyone who has taken advantage of that which Christ has done will sure to have a free-flowing relationship of father and son between God and himself. But if you have not obtained that relationship with God, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Have you had that relationship once? But today, you don't feel like somebody that has a father. Christ is born today. Again for you. Today again, Christ has been born. So that you can be restored to your father. So that I can be restored to my father. So that once more, we can enjoy that free-flowing relationship. How is it with you as a parent? And you have a son who is living a deviant, disobedient life. How you crave that that son will turn right round. So that two of you will have a free-flowing relationship. Do you relate freely when your son is disobedient? Or your daughter? When you feel that as you're talking this way, she's talking that way. In fact, when you see him, you will be angry. When you see that son, you are not happy. So it is with us today. The life and even the prayer of a sinner makes God angry. But you can change that situation again. If your relationship with the father has gone dry, it means that something has severed that relationship. Once more, you can restore it. By once more appreciating what Christ has done. Once more coming to take advantage of the newborn king. Today we are celebrating our king. Yes, gentle Jesus. Today, he is the gentle Jesus that came. And he is there waiting for us. Bringing us salvation. But I warn you, today is the day of salvation. Because he will come again. But not like the gentle Jesus. He will come again. At that time. Those who rejected the price he has paid. I tell you. At that time. They will want to accept it. But it will be too late. At that time. Now is the time. To accept what Christ has done for you. And for me. Praise the Lord. So what will be your response? God has done everything that needs to be done for him to continue to be our father again. For us to be his sons and daughters. What is your response? What is my response? Is it just to celebrate today and life continues and anything goes as usual? This is not the first Christmas we are coming across. But I know and I feel it in my bones that today God wants to establish something that we have not paid attention to. For anyone who has not taken advantage of it, today is the day that Christ 
wants to come to you as that gentle king. Praise the Lord. John 3 verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he that believes not is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And so, in believing him, you have to be born again. Jesus spoke to the prophets. But he's speaking directly. These are his direct words. He said, except a man be born again, he shall not see the kingdom of God. Jesus is speaking to us. And I want to put it this way. Except that you have been born again and continue to be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Because it's not a one-off thing. It's not like you got born again that day and so you obtained that salvation. And today, you have already... It's not like... Well, sorry, I want to use MBBS. It's not like you've gotten MBBS. And so you will never, never take that again. You're never faced with that situation again. It's not like you obtained your bachelor's in engineering. In financing, in all that. Sometimes, after the, if we are to face the exam again, we may not even pass some of those exams that are depending on what it is all about. Some of us, if we write, go to write mathematics in Wayek, just they call us now. We have the certificate. But if they wake us up now and go and write, we may not pass it. Because we are not ready anymore to write that exam. But it's different for salvation. To be born again, every day you have to be current. You have to be ready every day. Every day you must answer to it. You have to be equal to it, to what you say you have done. So that every day you will be able to answer that you have been born again. And that you will be able to stand the test of being born again. Praise the Lord. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. And therefore, the gospel comes to you today. That is the power, the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. As it comes to you once more, please consider it. Reflect on your life. Are you still born again? Mind my language, I said, are you still born again? Every day, our certificate of being born again must be dusted. And therefore, we have to live the life worthy of whom we say we are. Praise the Lord. And therefore, as we celebrate Christmas, let us be people who have been born again. People who will see the kingdom of heaven. People God can depend on. Just like God himself gave Everything. The best he has. And Jesus gave himself. All. Are we ready to give our lives? Our all. Not to give part of us. Because the problem with the church. Is that we come and say we are born again. And we give part of us. And keep the rest for ourselves. 
to do whatever we want with our lives. Are we going to go out there today and be a people who have been transformed by the new king, newborn king, by the gentle Jesus Christ? Are we willing to give our all? God has given us all. Can we give our all to him? So that God himself can live in us and through us. And people will begin to see God in us. And people will begin to be people drawn to him. Because we have given up. Praise the Lord. Christmas signifies a time of giving. Giving our lives to Christ. Because God has already given all. Also giving to others. What can we give in this time? Copying from God who gave. What do we have that we can give? Do you have the word of God that can give salvation? Give it. Give it. The best gift of all is the gift of salvation. If God can use you to give salvation, grant another person salvation, that is the best Christmas gift in this season. But we can also give the things that we have so that those around us will rejoice with us. Praise the Lord. So, if you don't have the best gift to give, this is the time for you to obtain it. As we reflect in our lives. Reflect over your life. We are praying now. Look through your own life. As I look through my own. Are you sure you can see the kingdom of heaven? Will you see the kingdom of heaven? Are you still rooted in Christ? You know, we don't waste time and we are not ashamed of it to ask people to give their life to Christ. It's not something we want people to hide as they do it. It is people of darkness that hide when they are doing their things. But Christ epitomized light. And so we are not hiding to do it. Do it proudly. Do it confidently. As you give your life to Christ. Once more, reflect on your life. Have you been born again at all? Or have you been coming to church, being active, or even not coming at all? But you have been prominent in places in the world and in things and in so many places. You have achieved so many things, laurels and all that. The most important laurel 
is that laurel, that certificate that you have been born again. Will you give your life to Christ today? Because Christ has given his life for you. But you don't need to go and bleed for him. It's just to open your heart so that he will come. Jesus said, if any man, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. Will you dine with God? Because he wants to come in and dine with you. Have you been born once? Born again. Giving your life to Christ. But the forces of this life. The many stresses of life. In form of pleasures or difficulties. Because both pleasures, wealth, riches and hardship. Both on different sides. May be fighting our salvation. Can stuff it away from us. The venerable will pray first. We thank you, Father, because for this reason you left the throne of glory above and through our Son Jesus Christ took the form of flesh, came down to be born of a virgin, in order that we who are in the form of flesh may also be reconciled with you. God made man, the Word made flesh, dwelling amongst us without sin, went through all the things that we could do and we are still subjected to, and yet perfect. And therefore you have qualified to bring many sons to glory, and as many as can now by faith express even same in you, will also be born anew transform your seed planted in us and we can rejoice and we have peace within our heart and we have the witness in our hearts and spirit that we belong to you thank you for the message of christ coming to dwell in our heart light shining in the darkness of our heart and life the life of all men as inclusive we thank you in the name of jesus christ we thank you for this privilege, O God, that has brought mankind doomed to decay, to despair, doomed also to destruction under the bondage of the enemy. And yet, Lord, you intervened again in our affairs and brought hope and brought life and brought direction. We are grateful in the name of Jesus Christ. May our lives reflect you continually every single day not just today, in the name of Jesus Christ. As we remember that Jesus is the reason for the season. Lord, and rejoice that you have brought such redemption to us. At no cost to us, but at the precious blood of Jesus shed on the cross of Calvary. That while we were yet in sin, lost in our own ways, in our own deceit, Christ paid the price and died for us. Lord, Thank you for this great joy in the name of Jesus Christ. As we reflect on this, may our lives also reach out to others, radiate to others, reflect your message in giving of that which you have given us. And if you so loved the world and gave Jesus, 
May we also see show the love to our fellow men and around and give them Jesus. The same Jesus that have made us alive. Grant us the grace to reach out to the others and offer them Jesus. And may the joy of the lives of those we touch and come across reflect your glory even in a changed life in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. As we walk in this newness of life, rejoicing in the salvation you've given us, rejoicing in the redemption, rejoicing in the hope, rejoicing that we are at peace with you again, we can call you Abba Father, and we have a place, a stake in you. We are heirs, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and we can be adopted already as sons and daughters, and you take delight in us. What a great privilege. Thank you, Father. As our lives show for this, and the world also sees in us, the glory of the risen Christ in us, and receive him. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray.